Welcome to a special Halloween episode of American Hauntings, the podcast dedicated to history, hauntings, legends, and lore of America's past. Hosted by Cody Beck and Troy Taylor, we're tossing out the script for this holiday episode and sharing some of our personal experiences about what scares us and what got us interested in ghosts, hauntings, and producing this podcast in the first place. My name is Troy Taylor. I'm the author of quite a few books about ghosts, hauntings, true crime, and the unexplained in American history. And this time, I'm going to introduce you to my co-host, friend, and, well, somewhat annoying sidekick, Cody Beck, whose idea it was to do this podcast in the first place. So this is your chance to go, hey, what's up? Thank you very much for the introduction. Um, I'm really excited for this episode because finally, for the first time in this podcast, I can be uncensored and unleashed, <laughs> and yeah. I don't have to hold back. I know, and I know. I've well, always been you know, worried about that. I've had so many discretions. I've just well, oh. you know, this this episode. And listen, we're not going to do this very often. Maybe we'll just do it every Halloween. But I'm this is the that. episode where we're going to do exactly what we said we weren't going to do with yep. this podcast, which is just us sitting around telling stories Absolutely. so Every, everything in moderation especially moderation so we're just we're going Halloween. for it we're doing it's what Halloween. we want to do i'm so excited for this and i'm really excited for this because you know a couple of reasons I, I would love to talk about you know this thing that every time i tell people about the podcast they always ask like well how did you get into this what's the point and purpose oh, and, yeah. in the first place and so i've told this story a thousand times in a bunch of different places and different bars and everything exactly. and and also i would love to hear i mean you are the man, the myth, the legend that has all of these stories about legend the, in his own mind about the craziest shit, you know, and, and especially in Alton and, and all over the place. So I really want to know, you know, what got the ghost guy into ghosts? Like, I'm just as excited for this episode as I've been for any episode. So I'm I'm super stoked. Well, before we get started, though, we do have to mention where we're recording. Yes. Because we do that every time. And we are recording uh, this episode at the Best Western Premiere in Alton, which is our, the official hotel of American Hauntings. Yes. And is also the location of the 2018 Haunted America Conference. And 2017. And, and 2017 and 2016, A I believe. More, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we are, and we're not going anywhere anytime soon because we really like working with it's everybody a great place. here. Um, you know, Their last bar and, you is know, top notch. It is, it is, and especially since they remodeled it last yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was a little. Hey, let's be honest. A little sketchy before that. <laughs> okay. Um, it was a hotel bar. Now it's like its own thing. Yeah. Um, it's its own menu. They've got their own bar. They've got their own thing that's going on. I love um, it. If you want to hear about the lineup for the conference. Um, either go to the website mm -hmm. at ghostconference.net or just listen to the last episode because we'll this is our Halloween episode, so we're not going to get into all that. Right. Um, we're we're going to tell you we're going to do a live episode of the podcast at the conference. We're also going to do a live episode of the podcast at our Dead of Winter event, which is in February, February 10th, here in Alton at the Mineral Springs. We're going to do a live broadcast uh, or not a broadcast, but at least a live recording, a live recording of the, of the podcast, podcast yeah. at the Dead of Winter event. So, um, anyway, before we get started, I just, again, want to say thank you to everyone who has responded to the podcast, who has been listening, who's been downloading, um, who's been um, involved in the podcast, who's been leaving comments. Um, listen, the reviews, again, you have no idea how much the reviews help spread the word. Uh, more so Absolutely. than you, like... Sending it out to your friends or telling people about it or anything, just leaving a review. Even if you don't say much, just go on iTunes. Even if you don't listen on iTunes, 
just go on there and say, listen, we have the clatter of alcoholic beverages <laughs> and things happening at the My same bad. time you're hearing this. So if you're hearing <laughs> things, that is the clink of the glass. If you're hearing things, that does cheers. Hey, listen, there is a half a jar of old smoky uh, moonshine, apple pie moonshine that has disappeared during our two recordings. I don't know so, where it went. Uh, I don't know where it went either. I'm going to blame it on ghosts. So yes. um, just so you know, um, we have a lot of fun recording this podcast. So much fun. So thank you again for everything. And I don't know where I was, but something about please leave us a review because yes. it helps people find it uh, even more than you sharing it or posting it on Facebook. Although we love that, that you do that. Absolutely. And we thank you for doing it. Um, but that really helps us a lot. But so let's... Let's get away from all this business stuff. And let's just let's, dive let's into go the on to the podcast because we've talked about this a little bit. I know that we talked about it when we first started the podcast, yep. but I'm going to start with you. Uh, I'm going to ask the first question. Oh, okay. Instead of flip, you asking questions, I'm going to ask the questions. Right. Um, I know you started this. Well, I don't know why you started this, honestly. Um, I know that you came into my bookstore because now I can tell the story. Yeah. You came into the bookstore when you were like five or something. I don't know. You were a child and um, came in and bought a copy of a book called Field Guide to North American Monsters, Yes, yes, which I can still, I'm pretty sure is out of print, but I can picture it in my mind. It's green with the Bigfoot. It's green and it's got the, you know, the old Patterson film, Bigfoot on the cover. And you came in and you bought that. And then a few years later, when you were in high school, you went on the tour. That I do, I don't remember any of this, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but... It means so much I know to you that you remember it. me telling you about it. I do least. remember you telling me about it. It's so remembered. But, I mean, so I know that's why you started the podcast, yes. but what got you interested in ghosts in the first place? Yeah, no, so that's a, that's a great question. That's, that's my big question. That's the question. And, and maybe, you know, I think even when I first kind of pitched this idea to you and even met with you and Lisa in the first place, I don't know if I really told you that much. No, you didn't. No, I, I've heard a couple of things like when Cassidy was here. Right. Your sister was here with us um, a couple of two, episodes, two episodes ago. ago I think, yeah. And, and so I heard a little stuff. bit more than you'd even told me before. Yeah. So, so uh, there's no real straight path to it. But um, I, so my sister is six years older than I am. And she, you notice that this smells a little like feet. Feet. Before you drink it, it, smells a little like feet. I try not to smell okay. things before I drink them. Anyway, um, sorry. I do what you do. I mean, <laughs> so, so my sister's about six years older than me, and uh, it's delicious, by the way. Let's try and add a little color here. No, I, I <laughs> fucking love it. Um, this is our, this is our episode. This is this, our. We episode. can add this, edit this part out. This right? is our episode. <clears throat> it's just fun. Lisa's feet. Oh, it does smell like Lisa's feet. Oh, that's, that's what why, it is. That's what it's it is. Lisa's feet. That's why we have an audience. I've been teaching all day. You know what? <laughs> so, so my sister, my sister's about six years older than me. I'm not pouring into their moonshine shop, but I am. And what happened was, um, she was actually a twin, and um, my other sister unfortunately did not really make it. Um, so she died recently after being born. Um, so I never knew her or anything, but I always, you know, grew up with my sister. And I remember being about six, seven, eight years old, and um, I would just, I would randomly hear voices, and the voices were always just whispering my name. It was very specific. That's all it was. It was just, like, just whispering my name. And it just freaked me the hell out. I mean, it was 
very terrifying. Yeah, I, at the ha- was it always in one place? I mean, no, was no, it no, like no. at home or it was, was it everywhere? It was at home. It was at school. Oh, okay. It was okay. it was ev- anywhere and everywhere, and it was it was very unnerving. And I di- I didn't think I mean I thought about it, but I did I had no explanation why or anything, um, and I I still don't. But finally, um, you know, I I told my mom about it and. Um, eventually she said, well, hey, like, why don't you just respond and just be like, what? You know, she's like, what do you want? And I had never really thought of that because I was, I was more concerned about it. I was like, hey, like, just their voices talking well, to sure. me. And so finally, like, one time it happened and I was just like, what? It's like, what do you want? Like, what? And after that, it just stopped. Like, literally 100% just never heard another voice hmm. ever after that. And, um... I don't know if it was, you know, a, a thing in, you know, my head or what was going on, but it just, it stopped. And I, um, I had a, one of my best friends, Charlie Brock, as I mentioned before, did some of the music for the podcast and he lives on a house, um, on Langdon and it's called the Horn House, which if anyone knows the current owners, I would love to get in that house <laughs> because I, I love that house, but I was there for a lot of my childhood. It's right by Garfield Park and, um... I remember being there a couple times, and one time, I mentioned it on the Dave Glover show, but I fell asleep downstairs on the couch, Oh yeah. and uh, everybody else went upstairs. I was always the, the nerd that fell asleep before everybody <laughs> at the party. I was that kid. I, I got my mustaches drawn on me, and like everything. I was that kid, because I just couldn't stay up. I just couldn't do it. Now, now I can never sleep, so it's like, you know, irony is, is amazing. But I went upstairs, and uh, I was going to sleep in his room, and he and his brother shared a room. I got to the line of the door... And I saw this giant blackish purplish figure standing over his brother's bed. And I freaked out, ran down the stairs, and jumped on the couch and covered myself up with all the big ass pillows I could find and just fell back asleep. I didn't tell anybody about it. I was just terrified. I, I just didn't say anything. And uh, another time I was there, and I remember I was, they had this bathroom, and I opened the door, but I was still, I, I was went back to wash my hands and I looked in the mirror and I saw this man standing behind me like typical stereotypical horror movie fashion in the mirror but he was 30 40 feet behind me and he was he was a ways back he wasn't right next to me you know like in a super creepy way but I remember seeing him in the mirror and I and he had this purplish kind of glow about him I guess and I turned around and he was gone and I didn't know what to make of it um, it was it was really really weird, and finally I decided to tell um, my buddy's mom. I, her name's Martha Brockus, and, and I told her about it. I was like, Marty, like something's. Some, she was kind of my second mom. I was like, mm-hmm. something's sure. going on. Like I'm, something's weird's happening, and she was like, What are you What are you talking about? And I kind of told her that she's like, Wait, wanna tell me more about this person you're seeing. And I told her, and she goes, Charlie saw a purple guy on the staircase like a couple months ago and she's like did he tell you i was like no he didn't tell me anything (laughs) and i was like i didn't tell him and you know you can you can chalk us all up to like us being kids and exchange stories and not remembering anything but i i promise you i do not remember ever telling him about this and i do not remember him ever telling me about this but there was something about a purplish man that we saw in the same kind of place and my mom can attest and my mom is she's super religious but she takes no shit and she will tell you right now, like, they have sliding doors in that house, and they used to just go, like, come, come together and go apart, come together and go apart. Mm-hmm. And you go into their basement, and it's a terrifying place. It's all, <laughs> it's all, it's all limestone, by the way, wooden oh, doors. Of course, and right. it's, it's super creepy. I love that house so much. And we used to go, Charlie and I used to go up to the attic, and they had big um, buckets now 
of uh, old newspapers, and I can t I can still tell you how they smelled because I remember the paper, and there were newspapers from. 75, 80 years ago, and they were all about Alton and everything. We used to just sit up there, and we would just read the newspapers. And the the windows of the attic at that place remind me of the Amityville Horror windows. Like, you can oh, see yeah, them when right. you drive by, right. right? But we used right. to just sit up there, and we would go through all these old newspapers. And, they're pro and, and they told me when they moved out, they left the bins of newspapers there. So I think they're probably still there. Hmm. But they were, like, the oldest records they could find of anything about the house, anything about Alton. Yeah. And um, those are some of the, the big things that happened to me and then my mom has always talked about how she would see my uh you know deceased sister all over the place and how she would pretty much always look like her twin that is right that looks like cassidy yes but yet not yes and right. and right i remember what, you telling what, me about that what fucks me up even more is that she claims that one time she saw this grown-ass woman and then you know, 13, 14, 15 years later, she realizes that woman was who Cassidy grew up to be. Right, right. And so, and I, you know, who, I'm going to tell my mom she's not seeing her daughter. You know, like, I, right, I'm like, sure. that's that's crazy. And my little brother has said things before, like, hey, who's that girl in the backseat, you know? And it's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, it looks like Cassidy. And like, I, <laughs> and that's what, it upsets me the most because I'm so skeptical, but at the same time, I'm like, who am I to say this is not right. happening? Right. You know, and, 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 you know, trying to be as, as unbiased as I possibly can. And the thing, the only, probably one thing that ever happened to me it, regarding that is I was in our basement at the Alton house, uh, where I've lived pretty much my, for most of my 18 years of my life. And uh, I was downstairs, I was sitting in my bed, I was playing guitar. And uh, I saw my sister in the laundry room across from my room because I lived in the basement, and she was doing laundry. And I was just like, I didn't say anything. I just kind of saw her in there. I was playing guitar and doing whatever, sitting in my bed. And then I turn around a little bit later, and I see my sister come down the stairs. And I was like, she was dressed in different clothing, and I didn't see her move anywhere or anything. I was like, wait, were you just doing laundry? She's like, no. I was like, what are you talking about? I just saw you in the laundry room like, doing laundry. She's like, no, I have not been down here. I haven't been here all day. <laughs> And how, Cassidy's how much older than you? Cassidy is six, years, six, six years, years older okay. than me. And this yeah. was when I was, I mean, the the things when I was a little kid, you know, I can kind of dismiss if I, if I need to. But this, I was 16 years old at this point. Right, right, sure. And, and I was, I, I freaked out. Because I was like, I've never believed in any of this. I've never thought anything of this. But I was like, Cassie, I just saw you downstairs 10 minutes ago in this room 20 feet away from me and now I see you here and it's it it freaked me out it made me really upset and, yeah. and I didn't know how to handle it um, and and since you and I have been talking about it a little bit but I was like you know what if if the tables were turned and I was the go sibling I was like I'd fuck with my siblings a little bit <laughs> just a little bit I was like I wouldn't show up in the back seat while you're driving on the highway yeah, because, right. but I was like but I'd mess with you a yeah. little bit just because like that's my sense of humor that's who I am and I want to do well, that and, 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 I, and I, I, you can look at yeah but you can look at it as an idea of not so much her just like you know, messing with you or messing well, with she, Cassidy, right. but being attached to her. Yes. You and, see what I'm saying? Like, the, the like it's is, an attachment almost more than anything is that course. she's just sort of there. Of course. And, I, and I'm 100% like, I'm fine with that. And the fact that she hasn't shown up in my back seat and freaked me out, like, I, I appreciate that. But the, the thing is, and I don't know if this is 
I don't know what to say about this. Cassidy has never seen her in any yeah, form, that's in what, any yeah, age, that's what she was ever. Saying. Never, yeah. ever, ever, ever. And she's she was born in June tw- June twelfth. She's a Gemini, which is a twin thing, which right. I don't believe in astrology or any of that yeah. shit. But, but it's, still, it's, it's there. It factors yeah. in. I'm like, yeah. well, hell. And that the fact that she has never had any experience with any of yeah, them. which is which is really strange because um, I mean I've got sisters that are twins. Yeah. I mean I they're twins and to me they've never looked anything like everybody else is like how are they you, identical how do you, they're yeah they're identical okay. but everybody's my you know my friends over the years when i was in school and stuff are like how do you tell your sisters apart and i'm like what do you what do you mean about? they don't yeah. look anything alike but to everyone else they look exactly alike yeah and so that's always been one of those things but they have a connection i mean there's a connection there yeah um like when uh, one of my sisters had a baby and actually went into labor my other sister her twin knew it like sympathy pain like, and they something? were they were hundreds of miles apart like one in north carolina one in dc i mean one of them lives in washington and i'm like DC. So, i'm so skeptical and but they knew but i know about but that, it's right? the weird thing is that you know and you had told me this you know a while a little while back when cassidy was with us yeah. for that recording and you guys had talked about that and i thought it was so weird because it's never there's Cassidy's had no connection whatsoever Nothing. with her twin, and she doesn't but want you it. have. Well, and maybe that's why. Maybe because she doesn't want it. Maybe she's got this wall up there, and that's know? true. And I, th- well, which I think, makes sense. And I think it's it's true. I think that, and I'm not gonna say I shouldn't say Cassie doesn't want it. I know she's freaked out about it, but like I think she's kind of open to it. But I have always been like, fuck no, like that's never gonna happen <laughs> right, anyway. Right. And then it's kind of sort and of it's happened, there, but know. it. But also, I think that if it if any of this is real, I think that there's something being taken into consideration as far as, like, I could handle the brutal, mortal joke sure. of her messing with me, and maybe Cassidy couldn't. Maybe not. And so maybe she's like, yeah. okay, I'm not going to fuck with her, but I'm going to fuck maybe with everybody not. else. You right. Know? Well, and, that could be too. And yeah, but it definitely is, like, weird that, you know, the one person she would probably have the most connection with, right. um, you know, wouldn't feel anything, but... You know, when you talk about the, the, the twin stuff, it's like I'm super skeptical about pretty much everything. But when you have those kind of connections or like my mom saying, you know, this or my little brother saying, hey, I saw this girl that looked like Cassidy or, right. uh, you know, me, I, me being not believing in anything and then seeing my sister downstairs and then seeing my other sister walk downstairs. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I know yeah. there's something going on that yeah. I cannot explain, and it drives me crazy that I can't explain it, but I'm not going to neglect it just because I can't explain it. Right. But that's right. that's one of the big things that really got me into all this stuff. And then, so I, you know, I've always been interested in um, the spectrums of human emotion, right? So r- whether it's serial killers and psychopaths and so- sociopaths, and then people that are just like unbelievably happy, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like... I need to understand both sides of everything that's going on so I can really appreciate what's what's going on and and people have come to me and been like you know you're you're reading these books about you know serial killers and all this stuff like what are you doing and I'm like listen like I'm like I I don't I don't respect these people like I don't I don't idolize them but they're intriguing to me yeah. they're interesting sure. to me I want to understand that spectrum of like human psychology because you know I was, I was a psych major and it's very interesting to me but i mean you bring up bring any of them back i'll pull the switch you know myself but like but it's still <laughs> fascinating right like that doesn't change the fact that i'm still very intrigued by that side of 
humanity, you know, and sure. And then, and I've also, you know, I was raised Catholic, and I definitely you you could say I've drifted away from that, but I'm definitely <laughs> curious about what's on the other side, you know, and and I that's always intrigued me, and I and no and the fact that no one can answer it for me is is something that you know is always going to bring me back. Like I right. want to know what hap- what happens when you die. Sure. Yeah, I think you're among the majority. Yeah. yeah, I think people are yeah, afraid. I think people are afraid to admit that, but at the same time, I want, I want to be, the the person that says that, and because other people have done it for me, that where we can say like, don't be afraid to question, you know the the you know what's going on. Like it's okay to not know. Yeah. I I think it's um like I understand why it's comforting to say, hey, I go to heaven when I die. I go to hell if I'm bad. Blah blah blah. All that stuff. It's okay to not know what happens afterwards and. You you'll be among friends with if you're with skeptics that say I don't know what happens, yeah. but I'm just trying to be a good person in the meantime. You know, or as I always like to say is that no matter where I go, there'll probably be a hell of a band. So. Yes, yes, that's that's a great way to put it. Yeah, uh, no, that's an amazing segue too. And too, okay, tell me about how did because I don't know this about you either. How did you get into this shit? Because I don't know. Well, um, you know, I I. I had an, it was an early experience. I mean, it was, I was very young. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, people always want, you know, after you've written as many books as I have. You've written as like 4,000. I know. And have been doing this for most of my life. I mean, really, the percentage of my life I've been involved when in. When did you write your Ghost first book, Bonnets. by the way? Um, 1990, I started the tours in 93. So that's when things got started. So it's been a long time ago. I mean, we're talking a long time. I was time. four years old. It, when I know you it's your most shit. of my life that Jeez. I've been doing this, and but my interest in it came much, much earlier than that. And I couldn't give you a year. Yeah, I'm gonna say I was probably maybe I don't know, 10, 11 years old. So we we're talking about. Uh, about the time that the first Star Wars ended up in theaters. Okay. Okay. That's how long ago it's been. I was All a right. kid. All right. I was a kid. So I was very impressionable. And uh, my mom bought, um, you know, we had, there were five kids. I had four stepbrothers and sisters. Yeah. And including the twins that I mentioned earlier. And so, you know, we bought everything in bulk before there was Sam's. or Before there was Costco. Right, before there was Costco or Sam's. And so we always ended up with everybody got whatever cereal everybody got, right? right. So one year at Halloween, my mom brought home uh, boxes of honeycomb cereal. Yeah. And I assume they still make it? Oh, yes. Okay, yes. okay. I'm familiar. Okay. So my mom brought home boxes of honeycomb cereal. And um, I think we had, I mean, you know, it's hard to say. We Because there were so many of us, I think we went through a lot of cereal. So... I think that's how we ended up with all three records. Okay. And you're probably asking, uh, what the hell? Records. Serial records. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What's so a, I'm sorry. One, what's a one, record? I know. Well, there's that. You know what records are because I now do. hipsters, it has I come do. back around. It's come back. But, it's circled back around. Uh, Full circle. A few years ago when I tell the story, people would look at me like, You mean huh? like a CD? Yeah. Like they a big know. CD? Yeah. Except there weren't CDs even then. It was still, it wasn't CDs. Oh, but, shit. um, my mom brought home cereal and Honeycombs that October, for whatever reason, decided to put records on the back of the box. 
Now, as you can imagine, these are not high quality records. They're on are the records cheap to produce. Like I apparently they were in the seventies because they could just um, put them on the back of like a cereal yeah, box. Yeah, it was. As if it, it was. Like a toy. I mean, you had to. Well, it was like the toy, except it wasn't the prize. You actually had to take a pair of scissors and cut the record off the back of the box. So, and they were square, not round. So, but they still would rotate. The records here. were square. Well, I guess the way those you, work. There were like hash marks so you cut it out and it was square i don't know what so i know right so we had a record player and it was not a stereo it was just a record player one speaker mm-hmm. not a, you know i'm talking wi-fi or yeah, anything yeah, yeah so uh we, we we cut the records off we took them down to the basement and we played the records there were three records that came out that fall there was the legend of sleepy hollow Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these, I should mention, all of these were recorded by a guy named Wade Dennings, who did like all kinds of like spooky. Man, I'm I'm telling you, he did you, a great job. You and Lisa have no idea. He, I listened. To I know. One. He did a but great. You guys job. have no idea what it was like in the '70s. There were records of what they. I don't even know how to describe it. They were like haunted house records, and it would be an yeah. entire record of. Like sound effects, yeah, like spooky sound, like Dracula's tomb, and you know the ghosts, and then woo. I would be this. Talk to him I mean, about how he mixes. It stuff, would be all these great. tracks. I mean, yeah. it would be all these different tracks. He sounded great. So this guy had put together these. Uh, apparently, got a contract with Honeycombs, and they put out this record, and these three records. And one was the Miser's Gold, which was like this kind of weird horror story. The other one's Legend Sleepy Hollow, which um, it's one of those ones I have not re-listen to yeah because i i don't think it would be as good as i remembered that's not the one we listened to no either. no okay. Okay. the the one i the legend sleepy hollow ended with the headless horseman's head being a shattered pumpkin and for some reason in my head it's this fantastic piece of you know listening art yeah and I'm sure it would not be as good if I listened to it again. So I'm, not, I'm just not going to listen to it. That's, so, that's super but fair. But it was great. But the, it was the third one that really kind of like you seeing the purple guy yeah, over yeah, Charlie's yeah. bed kind of thing. It was the one that like completely warped my mind yeah. permanently. And it was called The Hitchhiker. And um, we, got a co- we got a copy of the recording. And we're gonna play it. So yeah. let's just play it right now. Let's yep. let's play the record so people will understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. Here you go. Yeah. You're gonna listen to Troy's childhood nightmare. How old am I? Not nearly as old as I look. Been that way ever since that night when my hair turned white. That night, well, I was driving home from a dance up near Ridgewater on this little road that leads to the big highway. It's pretty dark and winding for at least ten miles, bumpy and curving through a forest so thick that the branches keep scraping on the sides of the car like they were trying to keep you from getting away. Suddenly, there's somebody in the road right in front of the car. I jammed on the brakes and stopped just in time. There was this shivering young woman. She had jumped into the middle of the road as if she could stop a car just by holding up her hand. She told me that she'd been in an accident and her car was a wreck. Then she asked me if I'd drive her home. She looked so cold and miserable. I let her in and even threw my white jacket around her because she was wearing a thin silk dress without even a sweater. Well, we started off for her house. 
And after more turns than you would believe, we pulled up in front of a very tidy little cottage with all of its lights turned on like a Christmas tree. She just sat there looking all worn out like she had used up every bit of energy she could spare. Please ring the bell and see if my mother's home, she said. The bell is on the left near the brass knob. I rang the bell and the lady who answered looked like an older version of my hitchhiker. Before I even had a chance to speak, she said, Don't say a word. Just come this way. It all seemed very strange, but I followed her anyway. Up the stairs, down a hall, and into a very pretty room. A girl's room, I could tell. And on the table by the bed, there was a picture of a young girl. It was my hitchhiker. But all around the picture, there was a black border. Then the woman beckoned me to follow her back downstairs. I followed her down the stairs, out the door, and past the car. There was nobody in it. We walked a little further and came to a little private cemetery with a grillwork fence around it. We went in and stopped in front of a grave that looked newer than the others. The woman pointed to the grave and said, My daughter, she was killed in an automobile accident last summer, and every night someone, some... Stranger brings her home again. Well, I was terrified. I turned away and left her there, but not before I noticed something sticking out from under the gravestone. I ran to my car and drove back home as fast as I could. It wasn't until I was in my own house and in my own bedroom that I discovered that my hair was white. Pure white, the same color as my jacket. That's what was sticking out from under that gravestone. Just like it had been there ever since the grave was first. Okay, so... I mean, you, you just heard it. You, you, yeah. It's, it's not, and honestly, the weird thing is, it's not exactly how I remembered it. Well, of course, that's how it always, like a Scooby Doo show is so, creepy to you once you're older. It was so scary. I when still I was thought a kid. it was creepy. It's creepy. The it end. is creepy. It towards is creepy. The end, it freaked me and out. And it's creepy. And it, you know, he did a great job producing it. And you know, I listened to this record over and over and over in my basement on a single speaker record player. Until the grooves worn out, yeah. but, which really didn't take a whole lot. It was a cereal box. That's the thing but, that happened. Yeah. Oh the no, gro- I I, I completely out? wore it out until it was gone, which is why I didn't remember it very well until many many years later right. when I got to hear it again. My friend Becky Ray right. found a copy of it and it's like, here you go, and, and I'm like, okay, that's scary, but not as scary as I remember, <laughs> but yeah. still scary. So yeah. anyway, but the point of whole thing was is that I listened to this and it. It shaped my brain. Yeah. I mean, it really, this this record, that three minutes and 52 seconds or whatever it is, like, changed my entire life. Because that's when I got interested in everything. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't long after that that I found out that this vanishing hitchhiker that this guy's telling the story yeah. is a real thing, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the basic story is a little different than Wade Denning tells it in his his production. The basic story is this guy picks up a girl on the side of the road 
and he's on his way home from a, a dance or whatever, and he picks this girl up, and she's always wearing a white dress. That seems to be like the, to the be. key thing. Yeah. She's wearing a white dress. He picks her up on the side of the road. Um, she's shivering. It's cold. It's raining. He gives her his jacket, mm-hmm. like in the, sto- in, the, in the play. Yeah. And he gives her the jacket, and she covers herself up with it. He takes her home, and when he gets to the house... He goes to the door and he says, you know, listen, I, I brought your daughter home and uh, she's she's in the car. She wanted to make sure you were home. And the lady's like, oh, you know, she's not in the car. Yeah. You know, my, my daughter died 10 years ago in a, in a car accident on the bridge where you yeah. say you picked her Been up. Been over this a hundred times. Yeah, and she's buried in the cemetery, you know, out on the edge of town. And the next morning, usually the story goes the next morning, the driver then goes to the cemetery uh, looking for the grave of the girl that was buried there, and he finds his jacket he'd loaned her neatly folded over the top of the gravestone. Right, That's of usually how it goes. Yeah. And, you know, he adapted this and made it this, like, terrifying. Yeah, for, for a 10 year old, listen, this I was terrifying, it. man. It's terrifying and for me now. I so love it. It's a, I love it's, it. It, made it. It made an impact on me. Yeah. And so I got interested in this story, and as I got older and years passed, I began finding that the story was not just this honeycomb serial record. I mean, this was a story that was being told everywhere. Yeah. And how Paulo rose. Exactly. It's the same kind of stories. These vanishing hitchhiker stories are all over the place. And my big thing was, is that when I found out that this was a real story, I mean, there was, as I always like to say, there was a story that was the Vanishing Hitchhiker story. Yeah. It was Resurrection Mary. Right. You know, there's a story in Chicago that is not like all of the rest of the stories you hear all over the country. This mm-hmm. is a girl who was picked up by people who are real people. Yeah. This wasn't some guy on a record. It wasn't a guy in, a, in an urban legend. It was a, it was real people who, you know, told real stories about really picking up this girl, driving down the road and having her disappear from the car. And I'm like, holy shit, this is real. Yeah. You know, and I mean, this was, I mean, you, we're talking about the, the 80s. Yeah. You know, and, and the realization is coming to me that, you know, this stuff is really out there. And I got, you know, interested in this stuff. And as and there may be a few people listening to this podcast who knew me back then, uh, one or two at least, yeah. who remember back in high school me taking people out on ghost tours. On in Halloween high night, in Halloween night, <sighs> we would, I would get everybody, I would, I, I would, because I'm so, you know, anal retentive, <laughs> I would actually plot an actual tour yeah. for Halloween night. Oh, yeah, I would take you, my friends out. We would go to, you know, this haunted cemetery, this haunted house, and then, you know, end up having like a, you know, wiener roast somewhere at the end of yeah, the night. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it would be like this, you know, night of ghostly entertainment that ended yeah i i know i no, know that's amazing i, I know I'm so it was just my thing you and were my friend when i was in high school because i felt awkward and alienated because i like these sorts of you know things. i was I'm always upset. into this stuff i mean i just always was i mean i was awesome. the guy that you came to to tell your weird story to yeah which is how i found out up at the cemetery that's how you find out about most stories i know guys. you were the weird guy i was the weird guy like, hey, that people would tell their stories to stuff. and i kept hearing about the cemetery that people kept going to that was supposed to be haunted, and yeah. the big thing to do, and it was really hard to find. That was the, I think that's the key to every story like this. It's hard to find. Yeah, and uh, the the big thing was that you would go and you would pull up to the gates of the cemetery and you would park your car, mm-hmm. you would leave your headlights on, 
and then you would uh-huh. now listen. This was back in the day when you, you could you actually leave your headlights on. About this. Yeah, no, please. Yeah, you please, couldn't. You couldn't. It wasn't like now where your headlights automatically shut off. No, no, no. There was actually a knob yeah. that you pulled to keep your headlights no, I on. I know you've told me about this before. Please. And keep, people, keep you you would walk across the cemetery from one side to the other, and yeah. that was like a test of bravery. Yeah, right? yeah. So the cemetery. Um, I grew up near uh, Decatur, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cemetery is called Peck Cemetery. Okay. Now, today it's, it's, I mean, I think it's largely forgotten except for the stories. But back in the 80s, and again, this is one of those things you have to remember, is in the 80s, you know, I could give you, I mean, we could do a whole episode on, on nothing but the cultural history of, <laughs> you know, ghosts and the paranormal, which is... I happened to write a book called American Hauntings. Go oh, buy it. Yeah, anyway, by the way, I might have read it. it yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah. Anyway, this particular thing was in the 80s, Satanists were everywhere. Yeah. I mean, they, devil worshippers were Satanic everywhere. And that was the, yeah, that was the, oh yeah. That was the big thing about the cemetery. It was supposed to be home to all these devil worshippers and Satanists and, you know, and really it was this old cemetery that people had vandalized because of the stories. Yeah. And so, but the, but the, the thing was, is that it was supposed to be haunted, and you pulled your car up to the cemetery gates, you left your lights on, you walked across, you yeah. walked back, and you left. Yeah. That was it, okay? So, after I heard the story a couple of times from some of my friends who were older, I'm like, okay, I got it. Yeah, you we gotta, gotta do check it. This out. So, took a couple of buddies of mine, we went out to the cemetery, we found it, we drove, we drove, we drove, you know, the whole thing, we found it, and, um, you know, I usually, I like to say that it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> right. And it it kinda, and it, no, night. it really wasn't. But when we we got down the hill to drive up to the cemetery, it was like a fog. It was a dark, everywhere. dark night. It was a dark and foggy night. <laughs> okay. It was it was like this lingering, you know, this fog across the ground. So right. it was very spooky. You know, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. the scene was set, yes. so to speak. Okay. So we pull up to the cemetery gates. We you know we pull up. There's nobody out there. We, you know, we've got our headlights on and we start walking across the cemetery. We walk all the way to the other opposite side. How far are we talking here with the wall? Um, 50, 60 yards. Okay. It's not a huge cemetery. All right. And, um, you know, there were, you know, the trees all around. It's very spooky. It was October. It was spooky. But, you know, so we walked across the cemetery. You know, we had not been grabbed or sacrificed to Satan at this point. Not yet. Um, None of this had happened. You know, there, no ghosts had, you know, I'd heard stories about how ghosts popped up out of the ground. Right. And none of this stuff had happened. And so, by the time we got to the other side, I'm thinking, okay, this is, you know, this is bullshit. I mean, I was as skeptical in high school as I am now yeah. so i was kind of like oh come on man yeah, and so we're like okay forget it you know yeah. so we just start walking back to the car and we got about halfway across the cemetery and we're just walking along nothing you know we're kind of you know we're joking we're goofing around up cigarettes just saying fuck it and the lights in the car went out <laughs> oh, God. now keep These in the mind, ones you had to pull right yeah there are no Lights anywhere. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're out in the country. It is pitch dark. Mm -hmm. We're in a cemetery that is, A, supposed to be haunted, which is bad. Yes. B, um, infested by Satanists, which is, you know what? That's worse, in my opinion. Um, So we're left to sort of stumble our way back to the car. So we get back to the car. It's locked. You're the kids that die in horror movies, I know we are. And... Because, you know, the thing is, is that this is the 80s. So 
My first inclination is to, A, look under the car, because that's where the killer's going to be hiding. And then look for the hook on the doorknob oh, yeah. or well, whatever? Hook up, look for the hook on the doorknob. Yeah. And look in the back seat. Oh, Because right. that's where the guy with the axe is yes. hiding. So He's calling from inside the house. It's all clear. Yes. Yeah, it's all clear. The door's locked. I open the car. And I honestly, I'm thinking, my my initial really thought isn't, isn't that there are Satanists hiding out there. My initial thought is that our battery is dead and this is the era long before cell phones. Well, we're you're, screwed. You're still a skeptic. You yeah. Know, like we're, well, skeptic. we're screwed. I mean, well, yeah, it was, you were real. I mean, at that we point. really, where are we, we're going to have to walk. Right, we're going right. to walk like Regardless five of why, miles why to get the, to the closest town. Why the town. lights went out, you're screwed. I unlocked the car door. We look inside. And when I opened the door, the lights came on. So the battery's not dead. Mm-hmm. Because the button on the dash where the lights are has been pushed in. And talk to me about like this button, like the mechanism for I the know, lights. Right? Back, I know, This, this I is know. the main point yes. of the story. Uh, many people who are listening to this will remember that you actually had a knob. You have no idea you what you're to, talking about. I know you don't, because <laughs> I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a while. But there was a knob on your dash, kind of to the left near the door. Mm-hmm. You had to pull that out. That's what turned your headlights on. Yeah. You didn't, auto- your headlights did not automatically come on when you started the car. Right. You actually had to, turn them on by hand, yeah. you know, and that's what I had done. I had pulled that knob out, which is turn the headlights on so we could walk across the cemetery and be able to see. Yeah. And somehow with the doors locked with no one else around, someone had been able to, or something yeah. had, that sounds like one of our narrative episodes in <laughs> someone something, or something. Um, had punched in the physically knob, pushed, pushed knob. in the knob. Yeah, and I think really after all the, you know, honeycomb serial records and the, you know hearing about Resurrection Mary and all this yeah. stuff, I think that's the thing that convinced me that there's weird stuff out there. Yeah, and you know I I'm not gonna say it was a ghost, um, but I'm gonna tell you something punched in the head like that. Yeah, and to this day I can't explain it. I mean you know I mean I've had I mean I've other things that have happened. But that was the thing that really more, I mean, the honeycomb records thing set me on the course. Yeah. But as far as making me a believer, that was the night. I mean, that was what happened. I mean, that was it. Do you think that, like, and I'm not saying, I mean, I know you guys are kids and all that stuff, but do you think there is something to, you know, what we see in horror movies? But, like, going into a place and being very nonchalant, disrespectful, like, and everything, and just well, thinking, you know, like, you know, fuck it, whatever, and not believing? Do you think there's something that forces forces to come at you and be like, hey, we're going to make you a Yeah, believer? I mean, maybe. I mean, it wasn't like we were out there tipping over tombstones. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, right. we weren't. I mean, right. it wasn't that. It was, you know, I went out, I mean, I heard the story from, like, oh, man, I, like 10, 12 different kids at my school. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, they came to me to tell me the story because they knew I loved this stuff. Yeah. So they come and tell me about, you know the weird stuff that had happened. And they all told me about Peck Cemetery. That was the name of the cemetery. cemetery. And you've got to go find this place, you know. And, you know, I I ended up with like 20 different, you know, sets of directions. And I mean... Have you been back there since? I ha- I've been back there several times. I've never had anything weird happen. Did you ever since have then. a car then that had to push no. the whole? No, I have not. Light. I have I have never Ooh. gone back there and parked my car at the cemetery gates with the lights on. <laughs> I, I I will tell you that. I've never done that, but I have been back there several times since then. But that was and you know what I you know I don't think it had anything to do with 
you know, Satanists with axes that, I mean, no. that's what the stories we were told. It had no. nothing to do with any of that. But I think that was Satanists one of those. Satanists are usually nice people. <laughs> Well, not in the 80s, well, okay, you know, yeah, not in the I, 80s. I, I, will, um, I, can, I can, You know, my, my thing was is that I, I often have thought that like other cemeteries like that, and, you know, not to get real serious here, this is our Halloween episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just on a serious note, I've also often thought that a lot of these cemeteries where a lot of vandalism and that, that kind of thing has happened, that the, the disruption uh-huh. of the energy there is what causes these places to become what we would, and I'm going to do finger quotes here, only Cody can see them, but um, finger quotes here that, you know, becomes haunted. Um, you know, that from Peck Cemetery, though. Bachelors Grove up near Chicago, you know, you've got all these stories of these, you know, horrible things that have happened in these cemeteries that have been desecrated and vandalized. And, you know, yeah. I think the disruption there, I mean, you could, you could say it is as simple as, you know, oh, the ghosts are mad. I mean, you could say it that, or you could just say that the energy of the place has been disrupted, yeah, and that's I mean, where a lot of these stories get started. Honestly, and I think if, if I have one, if I have one thing I can do, and like it's only like teenagers are messing with the place that I'm wrestling, like that's all I can focus my energy on. Yeah, yeah. I'll mess with them. Yeah. Like I'll be pissed and, off. And even if it's sense. not, I mean, even if it's not like a, a conscious spirit or a, or a, a conscious a, ghost, maybe it's replaying. just the the energy there. Yeah, you know, is messed up, and it causes things to happen that we. You know, we think of as a haunting. So the moral know. of the story is just don't be an asshole regardless well, yeah. of like when, you know, where, I, I don't, I, and I've never understood that either. You know, there are so many stories that have, you know, come around over the years about places that have been vandalized yeah. and have become haunted. I've never understood that. I no. don't, I can't it's wrap a, my head around this vandalism thing. People just Especially in a cemetery. I mean, anywhere really, but especially in a cemetery. That's why, why? People, that's why people why? are the Don't worst. That's why I like ghosts, because people are the worst. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. At no least kidding. ghosts sometimes tend to be rational. Yeah, no you know? kidding. No kidding. It's ridiculous. So. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that gets me started, or got me started, but, um, you know, people always want to know, oh, you know, the first thing, and not so much anymore, I've, I've noticed that, but, you know, eight, ten years ago, people would always ask me, you know, you know, have you ever seen a ghost? Because they assume that I you know, wander around. And, well, I mean, you know, yeah, you're the ghost guy, And right? see ghosts everywhere I go. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, as psychic as the table that this, our stuff is sitting on here. <laughs> you know, it's not, that's not really, I'm not psychic. It's I not don't see dead people. I don't hear dead people. It's, uh, I mean, things happen. Weird things happen. And oftentimes I'll tell people that it is, you know, when you work on this kind of stuff that, you know, you become part of your own story. Of course. You know, even if you're just looking to find out what's going on or, talk to people sometimes things yeah. happen you know um that's what i've been hoping for and it doesn't happen i know to me. I, I need know, to go right? on more tours with you i think I, because well and it's not you know and sometimes it happens on the tours sometimes it happens at other times um i mean i've only seen a ghost like twice yeah in, in all well three times in all these years um the 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 the, the most recent time that it happened um i used to own a movie theater it was a short-lived kind of thing yeah but I had, before that, had had an office there. I'd been involved in the theater. And I, you know, for a, known, a long time known the place was haunted. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew, uh, I didn't know at the time this happened. This was in like 2005. I didn't know what the owner looked like. Or the previous owner. Yeah. The, the owner who had really been the main force behind the theater. And I, but I had an office there at the theater. And I was working in my office one day, looked up, saw this man standing in the doorway. 
and uh, I didn't, you know, it it happened so fast. It didn't. I didn't even have a chance to think about it. Yeah. Um, all I knew was that I saw somebody stand in the doorway who like immediately moved out of my sight line yeah. and went on down the hall. And I thought, oh, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. You know, so, and I, I honestly thought it was a guy who, my friend Chris, he was a projectionist there at the theater and he was off in there. And I thought, was Chris, why didn't he say something? You know, so I got up, I left my desk, I walked to the door and I saw the door to the room next to that, like swing shut. And I thought, so yeah. it wasn't just a one-time apparition kind of thing. It was like a, you saw this, and I, then, it, some and then kind saw of the door close. Right. And I thought, well, why didn't he say anything? So I walked down there, and, and, and I pushed open the door. I said, you know, hey, Chris, and there's no one in the room. So you sold the theater immediately after? No, 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 no. I didn't own it at the time. Uh, this was before I, I actually owned the theater. This is before and, you bought it? Yes. What and, the hell? Uh, I know, I know. So... Um, but I, I realized when I had seen it, what I had seen would had been this guy who really didn't look like Chris other than, you know, this guy was bald and he had glasses and Chris had long hair and yeah. didn't look anything like that, had a beard. And I'm like, you know, that wasn't Chris. I mean, what the hell? Do you think this was kind of the and residual left no, over thing? No, I think it was the owner, the, the original owner of the theater who's uh-huh. just never left uh-huh. because I haven't been the only one who's seen him. A lot of other people have too, but it was like my, like initiation yeah. into here's, you know, here I am. Here's what thing. you got to deal with. Yeah. It's, you know, and that was, I mean, it, it was, it was weird, but by 2005, I'd had other experiences. I was going to say, was, that, mean, yeah. was that your first? No, no. Um, you know, the first, I mean, the first time I ever, no, let me, let me back up. Let me take this in reverse. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other, only other ghost I'd ever seen that looked like a person, you know, like this one was. I've heard one story. Was at Waverly Hills. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You heard, I yes. told you this story. Yes. Um, Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Louisville, Kentucky was this tuberculosis sanatorium that opened in the 20s. It was right. open for about a dozen years. And, um, you know, while some of the stories are exaggerated as far as how many people died there and that kind of thing, it was still a place where a lot of people died. And it is a, yeah. it is a haunted spot. And I say that, and I don't say it as, you know, according to legend, it's haunted. I say that is it is a haunted spot because... Yeah. Back in this, this was in the early 2000s before they had opened it to the public. It was not, I mean, now when you hear Waverly Hills, everybody recognizes the name yeah. and it's been on TV and yeah. none of that stuff had happened at the time. Um, they hadn't opened it to the public. They had barely just started to kind of clean the so place you, up. You liked it before it was cool. Is what so saying. I was a hipster. Like you were I was, hipster, you were I was a Waverly Hills hipster. <laughs> right. Um, okay. All right. But my friend Keith Age, uh, buddy, old buddy of mine, we, I've known him forever. And Keith said, I'd gone to, to Louisville for a conference that Keith was doing, and he said, and i got to take you to this place. It was like a night before the conference, and he said, come down early. i got to take you to this place. It's this old hospital, and it's really haunted. you got to see it, man. And I didn't, hadn't heard anything about it at this point. It was something new. And uh, so we went, to the, we went to Waverly Hills, and uh, we were walking through the building, and we walked through, and he was showing me you know, this and this, and... You know, a lot of stuff was, I mean, it was stuff everywhere. It was dirty and, you know, I mean, it hadn't been cleaned up or anything yet. So we're walking down the, the, the fourth floor. And, I mean, I will say I am not a psychic. I'm not, you know, I don't, you know, any, we've already been through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of this stuff. And, uh, but 
this floor just felt weird. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just felt different, you know? So we're walking down this floor, and there's like a, a bend in the hallway. And as we're walking along, we're just strolling along the hallway. And because, like in our last episode, we talked about the Enos Sanitarium and the wide open windows, they would put people out and, so they the could fresh take air. in the fresh air. Yeah. And this is a whole row of these rooms, the outer, the outer hallways of this building is all these open windows where people could be put out. I mean, Louisville's a lot warmer than Alton yeah. in the wintertime. Yeah. So all year long, they could put people out. So we're walking along. There's all this light coming in. We don't have a flashlight on. And as we're walking, we, we start to turn the bend in the hallway, and this, and a man walks across the hall. And he's wearing like a white, like a doctor's coat. How and far just, in front of you are we talking? Uh, I don't know, thirty feet. Okay, maybe not that far you enough. You couldn't touch him. Far no. enough that I couldn't touch him, but close enough that I could see. Yeah, him. yeah. Okay. And he just walks across the hall. Yeah. And I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I have no idea to this day. Yeah. I have no idea why this like jolted me the way that. Yeah, it did. yeah, yeah. But I grabbed a hold of Keith. And I just grabbed a hold of him and I like shook him mm -hmm. and I yelled. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? You know, yeah. I mean, I just like, it just like sent me into a panic. And, um, he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Did so he, did he see it? He saw it too. We both, oh, saw, it. both saw it. So we both, we went down the hall thinking now as I calm down. Did you keep going towards it then? Yes. Okay. As I, because as as we calmed down, we realized that so many people had broken into this building over the years. You might have a renegade. Yeah, doctor it was just something. No, not a, not necessarily a doctor. And you know, at that point, the the white lab coat could have been an illusion. It could right? have been a trench coat. Of it a could hobo. have been anyone. Okay. And you know, someone could have broken into this building. Right. That's initially, gotta, once I calmed down, my thought was... responsibility. Right. My thought was that we need to tell this person they ha they can't be yes, in here, yes, right? Of course. So we walked down to the room that the guy had walked into. And long story short, we walk in. The room's empty. Yeah. There's no one in there. It's a ghost. So you scream okay. again. No, I didn't <laughs> scream again. But I'm just saying that this was a ghost. I mean, I'm not saying... Waverly Hills is, you know, according to legend, is haunted. Or some people say, according I'm telling me, you, it's, it's haunted. haunted. Okay, yeah. so that was the first, that was really the first time I had seen a ghost that really looked like a, a person. And when, when was know? this again? Um, man, I want to say like 2001 or two. I mean, it was early. Shit, so I feel like, but okay, it's early. So but long, you've been, it was but early. Been but I've been doing it for a, for a while. long time. Yeah, but I'd never really seen anything. The only thing wow. I'd ever seen. At that point, about a year before that, I had gone with some friends of mine to a farm that was supposed to be haunted, uh -huh. and uh, a buddy of mine and I saw this light, like, move through the walls of the building. Yeah. I mean, it had come in, like, one wall, moved across right in front of us, and disappeared out the other wall. Not an orb, though. No, it was just, it was <laughs> okay, like good. this light, and, yeah. you know, I mean, that is an entire story in itself yeah um I, it is no, what i, I like hear to call, about this not now but a, i want to hear what i like it. to call the fairy farm okay because the woman who owned it believed that it was oh fairies okay like fairies. like real fairies like tinkerbell fairies. right right now, i mean it looks yeah, like a it huge was, like irish thing yeah right? i mean and, she and, truly believed that there were fairies that were on this property and yeah 
I'm not, con- are, I'm not like, convinced about that. Fairies but, are really bad, too, in that folk world. Well, right. But, I, but I'm telling you, there were some weird things going on in this property. Yeah, something and, was going on. I mean, it, we saw it. I mean, we literally saw this happen. Yeah. And, that, and while I can't say it was a ghost, it was definitely the first thing like that I had seen with my own eyes. I mean, I had seen, I mean, I had I'd gotten involved in the late 90s. I got involved with a poltergeist case. Yeah. Um, in central Illinois, and that was not ghost related. It was, I really think it was like energy around this young woman who lived in this place who had gotten pregnant at like 15. And it was a lot of, lot, there was a lot of odd things going on here, a lot of troubled things, not, okay. not necessarily supernatural things, just weird paranormal things. Um, I had initially gotten involved with it because this woman had called me and said that their house was haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they were so frightened that they had actually padlocked the second floor of their house oh, because they kept hearing noises up there and hearing what sounded like door slamming and people walking back and forth. And I can vouch for it. We heard it. The door was locked. There was no one up there. In fact, um, the group of us who were there that night were downstairs and actually heard what sounded like people moving around upstairs. And the door to the upstairs, the only access to the upstairs was padlocked. Yeah. I had to get the key from the, the owner of the house, unlock the door. We went up there. There was no one on the second floor. This was That in itself was weird. Mm-hmm. And we've been hearing all these things about, you know, that had been happening since, you know, she'd gotten pregnant and had this baby very young. And it was a really troubled family. History, very, right? very traumatic things going on yeah. and um i think that was the first time i'd ever really seen anything other than this thing with the lights you know going off the cemetery i actually walked into the kitchen <laughs> because we heard these like yeah just like that banging sounds in the kitchen i walked into the kitchen and the cabinet doors that on on the the upper cabinets were opening and closing like that really fast and it happened for just a few like maybe 15 seconds, 20 yeah. seconds, long enough for me to see it. And within just a few seconds, it stopped. And I thought, man, there is something weird going on here. And this was in the, this would have been in the mid nineties. Yeah. And when I really first started really doing like investigating and stuff like that. And, um, it's crazy. So, I mean, but those are the kind of things that really got me interested in it and got yeah, me I, moving I forward. Yeah. Right. I know, you know, but yeah, yeah, but that's, that's, that's one situation that I got involved with, and there must have been 50 others yeah. at the same time where absolutely nothing happened. Well, I, I mean, mean, you know, yeah. that was that well, seems to be the main thing. I, re- I really want you to take me to some place that will help freak me out. I, I, again, because I, I, I think so much, I know so much of it is in my head, and I'm trying to, like, not be biased about things, and I want to go to some place that's kind of creepy. And yeah, I just like I wanna I wanna go someplace where I, you know, I see some cabinet slamming or I see something where I'm like, you know what, I can't necessarily explain that. Just well, man, I, me I, and I wish out. I could guarantee it. And I know you can't. You know, and that's, that's, the that's the whole thing. But also, I want to say, I I can only imagine, especially since the first time I heard this story at the um, last conference that we were at, of the time that you saw the the guy in the doctor's coat walk through, yeah. I always imagine you as Scooby Doo jumping up in the shadows. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much that's how it happened. How I envisioned yeah, that's pretty story, much how it was. And I think it just you you rut row and you just jump up. <laughs> yeah, and that's how yeah. I imagine it. That's pretty much how it happened. 
So, well, anyway, hey, you know what? That is our Halloween episode. Yeah. Um, happy Halloween. We, yeah. Happy Halloween to all of you. Um, if you have your own stories, you, we're happy to listen. Go Absolutely. to the uh, go to the uh, American Honeys Podcast dot com website. I want to hear your send stories. them to Cody. He wants to hear it. So. And, you know, post them on our page. You know, we always post about when we have a new episode of the podcast up. You know, share your stories, man. We want to hear them. Um, we're happy. Hey, if you send us emails, um, we're happy to read them on the show on future episodes. Absolutely. I know we have kind of a set format that we do, but, you know, the last half of the podcast is always pretty loose. We just make uh, up whatever we yeah, want to do. Yeah, we, we kind of just talk about what we want to talk about. And if you've got a story you want to tell us or a, a message you want to send us or, or comments you want to make, um, you know, like about how Cody is my, you know, what is it? Somewhat, somewhat, somewhat annoying, annoying sidekick, sidekick, which is accurate. It's yeah. Which, I'm, not, I'm not even upset. <laughs> it's accurate. We're, we're happy to, uh, to read it on a future episode. So, you know, we want to hear from you. Uh, we want to make this as interactive as you want to make it. So, um, get in touch with us, you know, thanks Let for listening. Know. You know, always we we want to hear from you leave your reviews you know send us your emails we're we're happy to listen and um absolutely anyway on on that note uh i'm gonna let cody close things out but you know happy halloween oh uh, this was an episode that we you know we didn't plan to do this we, we, we did just decided we that to. we thought it would be fun for halloween we'll yes. get back you know next week we're gonna get back into uh the last couple of episodes of um our Alton season. Yes. Uh, but we wanted to make this a special episode for Halloween. So we hope you enjoyed it. We hope we had fun. Uh, we had fun with we it. Um, it time. is a lot of fun with, uh, for us, but we hope you enjoyed it and had fun with it too. And uh, we will be back to our regular format uh, in two weeks. Should we just should we tell them now that we've decided for season two we're going to move yeah. slightly oh, west? Fun. We're going to go into St. Louis. And we're going to do, uh, yeah, a St. Louis season. So you're going to hear a lot about famous places in St. Louis. It's going to be the Exorcist House, Lent Mansion. There's going to be a lot of different uh, local stories. So, yeah, let us know if you have any favorite places you think we should check out in St. Louis. And uh, we'll get started on that um, in a couple weeks. is a bi-weekly podcast. You can hear a new episode every other Tuesday, so please tune in to hear our latest episode and receive a brand new paranormal history lesson. You can learn more about our podcast and find new episodes on iTunes by searching for American Hauntings or by going to AmericanHauntingsPodcast.com, where we also have links to some of Troy's books as well as other information about his upcoming ghost tours, events, and haunted happenings. As for your host, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CodyBeckSTL or at CodyBeck.com. Please say hello. I'd love to hear from you. Find Troy on Instagram at TroyTaylorGram or on Facebook at the Troy Taylor Author page or at AmericanHauntings.net. This episode of the podcast was written by Troy Taylor and it was produced and edited by me, Cody Beck. Some of the music in this episode was written and recorded by Charlie Brockus at Lighthouse Sounds in Alton, Illinois. Find them at LighthouseSounds.com.